Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love you told the baby. I'm trying to live with somebody. Please do me a favor. show this is where we tell our stories our way and that's what we do here in Tulsa Oklahoma home of Black Wall Street and you guys need to come visit us sometime down here in Tulsa Oklahoma on Black Wall Street meanwhile uh, we're here every Monday Wednesday Friday 6 p.m. Central Standard Time and like today from 12 to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time if you need to reach us you can reach us at uh, the Bobby Eaton show um, also, hey, the Juice Radio Show. Let me tell y'all something about the Juice Juice Radio Show because I love these youth. They're every Thursday night. They come in here, and it's a group of twelve youth. And they come in here and they do radio their way in communications. We train them up about communications and what to do and what to say, and and then they do it their way. And uh, they were out at Pine and Peoria last. Uh, Week weekend right here, raising money for a laptop we just received uh, by brother Kojo Asamoah Caesar came in and raised enough money for us to get a laptop. So we had to get the software. You know they didn't have uh, software for it, so they raised the money. And we got uh, Logic Pro X and uh, Adobe Premiere and Final Cut Pro. We got all of that. Man, we were able to get that through a unified, uh, you know, collab- collaboration of. Young people working together to do things. And we achieve things when we do things together. You know, I'm all about the community, especially the community of North Tulsa, uh, born and raised here. And I am a product of the environment. And we're going to have some fun today. Hey, we got our show today. Hey, we got we got some heavy hitters in the building. We got Greg Robinson is here, you know, right? Rico Wright's in the house. Brandon Olden's in the house. And, of course, Kojo uh, Asamoah Caesar is in the house, and uh, we're going to have uh, Jamal Dyer supposed to be calling in, so we're going to have him there, and uh, I'm trying to get myself together right here because uh, we got to hear some Nipsey, you know, so, and I'm just trying to get it get it together, but um, we want you to be be a part of it, you know, participate. Don't just talk about it, be about it, and that's what I'm always saying around here. Uh, at Eaton Media Services, located at 1533 North Norfolk, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, 
We just love you and appreciate everything um, that you do to serve your community. Uh, This is a voice for the voiceless. You know, I give an opportunity to people out here in our community a chance to speak on people who normally don't get a chance to be on TV and radio and all of that stuff like that. They can come in here. I don't care if you're a lawyer, doctor, or a homeless person on the street, a single parent mom or whatever. You can come in here and you can express yourself and uh, we connect people with people. And that's what we do over here. So we want you to help us. Uh, we're taking donations over here as well. So if anything you're doing, we're trying to right now, our next project is trying to take these kids to Atlanta. You know, we're going to CNN. I got a contact down there. So uh, all these kids in journalism and stuff like that, we're going to try to raise enough money and we're going to get a 15 passenger van, you know, and we're going to drive to an Airbnb and stuff like that in October. And we're going to take them there so they can take this tour of CNN broadcast journalism and plus whatever else is in the city. A lot of things going on in Atlanta. So that's our next adventure. I'm always got these little adventures for these youth and young people. So we're going to do that um, pretty soon. Along with uh, Ramal, the hometown heat, Ramal heads up the Juice Radio Show. And uh, hey, man, without him and my son, Trey, man, I'd be like, ooh, you know, but they, hey, I'm in the young people. I mean, this, that's where I'm at, you know, because I'm always telling them, I say, man, I'll be sitting there. I say, man, y'all need our wisdom, but we need y'all's energy. You know what I mean? So they say, yeah, all right. Yeah, daddy, you need our energy. All right. <laughs> so that's uh part of it, but we're going to take a break and um, all these good things happening. You know, there's always a lot of good things happening in the community. Let me stop that. Bye-bye. Okay, anyway, (laughs) uh, there's always a lot of good things happening in North Tulsa that always unreported. People don't ever know about it. Mainstream media always portrays us as getting shot and something happening, getting robbed and all the negative stuff coming out of uh, that they portray. But, hey, it's more good happening here in North Tulsa than bad. So over here, we try to concentrate on the good you know, the positive and what's taking place. So we want to do that. Well, we're going to take a break and we're going to bring back on these uh, tremendous, outstanding men, black men, you know, here and just stick around. You can dial the number 646-716-5525. And don't forget to press the one button if you want to talk on the air. All right, we'll be right back. Stick around. My nigga, this is dedication. This is anti hesitation. This is a real nigga celebration. This is Don Block Declaration. 59th and 5th Ave, Granny House with Vanilla Wages. This is the remedy to separation. Tupac of my generation. Blue pill in the fucking matrix. Red rose in the gray pavement. Young black nigga trapped in these cages. Asian. So he a genius, he just can't claim it. Cause they lack no platform to explain it. He frustrated, so he gets faded. Like deep down his body, no, you can't fail. How long should I stay dedicated? How long till opportunity needs preparation? I need some real nigga reparation. Or I run up in your bases for recreation. Dedication, hard work, plus patience. Some more of my sacrifice, I'm done waiting. I'm done waiting. Told you that I wasn't playing. Now you hear what I've been saying. Dedication. Dedication. Yeah. <laughs> 
Featuring Kendrick Lamar, the late Nipsey Hussle. Man, we really missed that guy right there. He was uh, starting some stuff. And that's what's going on. Rest in peace, my brother. All right, in the studio, we got some great black men. Greg Robinson, how are we doing, man? Oh man, bless. Glad you started us off with the dedication. Oh uh, yeah, Rico, Rico Wright, what's up, baby? Hey man, I'm loving this space right now. Brother Brandon Olden, what's up? What's going on, General? <laughs> <laughs> so Coach, awesome all season. What's hey, up with you, man? I'm just so happy hey, to man, be here. Hey man, I'm so glad to have you guys here on the show. And is Jamal on yet? Yeah, let's, let me let me get Jamal Dyer in the mix right here. Reference. We're gonna get that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jamal Dyer, how you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? We got you here. So we got a full crew going on right here. Great. Welcome to the show, guys. And as you know, we tell our stories our way. And that's what we do here at Eaton Media Services and on the Bobby Eaton Show. And uh, I just want to start off, man. But once again, I got to keep thanking you guys for coming. (laughs) Thanking you guys for coming because it's rare that we're able to assemble such a uh, great panel of African-American black young men. Right. You know, men. I think you know the women are coming to give. They're gonna do it. You know, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna come and do what they do. But well, we're talking. Uh, we're gonna be talking about. First of all, we're gonna talk about a series of different things. We're gonna be talking about uh, community. We're gonna be talking about culture. We're gonna be talking about education, 
and spirituality. We're going to be talking about a variety of things that impact us as black African-Americans here in our community. So uh, the, pan- the door is open. It's free. Uh, anybody can start off and we can just go for it. In- yeah. I want to start off with. Okay. One, this is awesome. I think this is beautiful, right? Um, yeah, it is. When we come together, um, because so much is done to keep us from coming together. Um, I've, also, I've also been on this kick of, um, you know, yeah, I've heard this. I keep saying, let COVID be COVID. You know, when I say that, it's not really about, like, somebody else needing to let me be me, right? It's something I'm saying to myself about, I got to let me be me. And Brandon's got to Brandon be Greg, right? Greg, I let Greg be Greg, and so forth. Because you start to the world has been designed to keep us from being our authentic selves, right? Um, and I'm starting to realize that a lot of black men, black folks, we walk through this world knowing that there are boundaries, right, and there are lines that we can't step across. And it's it's not some like crazy line about we're going to do something crazy. Right? It's just about just us being who we really are. And so I find myself feeling free and joyful and empowered when I'm around my brothers, right? And I can really be myself, you know? Yeah. And then you wonder, how come I can't be that way all the time? Yeah. You know? And then you start to realize that that's really actually what the world needs, right? That's what we need and that's what the world needs, right? Um, and there are people who are scared of that. They're scared of right, us being who we really are. And so they draw these boundary lines to keep us in the box. Mm. And so I think it's really about us being vulnerable, being able to say, you know, I'm going to break out of that box, you know? Yeah, break out of the box. What's the worst that can happen if I bring my full self to the table, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to be free and other people are going to learn something and hopefully they'll be free too, Mm -hmm. Um, you know? So I kick it off with that to say that, you know, for this to be meaningful and purposeful, like I come this all to just be vulnerable. Obviously, I wouldn't say my wife, but you know what to say or what not to say, and the you know the ramifications of what we say. But but just you know, vulnerable, sharing our hearts, um, allowing people to come in and see who we truly are, how we're yeah. thinking, yeah. that's yeah. how we move things forward. That, that's so important, man. You know, since I'm the old man around here. Why? But that's so important. <laughs> that's so important to be transparent because you know those of you who know me, I'm just me. I don't fake. I don't shake. I don't care who you are or what color creed or whatever it is. If it's truthful, I'm going to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can't fake the truth. You know, you just can't combat that. So, um, I'm like I said once again, glad to have you guys here. And uh, what you just said to be you. I think it's the, the antithesis of respectability politics, mm-hmm. right? So let Kojo be Kojo is where we really need to be. I don't know why people are preoccupied with respectability politics. You know what I'm like, well, I, I think it also goes back to even on a, from a children's level, the whole Dr. Seuss kind of saying is <laughs> you are, you are, you are than you. There's everybody else is already taken. Like, why mm-hmm. are we, why would we try to do, try to do that? But I, I, I agree with you though. There's, there's, so many times that I could, you know, count on, I mean, I have more, more stories than fingers and toes of times that I've tried to put myself into a, a box only to realize that either I'm too big for that box or that box is 
is not like that's not my ministry you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. so just finding myself like why am i stumbling and then once i realized like oh you're trying to fit into something that's not you mm-hmm. it's funny i was uh i was in middle school i went to monte casino mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and um me and my white boyfriends were playing paintball outside and they sh- were shooting stop signs and all this kind of stuff anyway mm-hmm. uh, i went home that night my daddy asked me a question he said what do you think the difference between a little black boy is and a little white boy is? Mm. And I couldn't figure out the answer. And he said, little white boy wakes up in the morning and says, what do I want to do today? Mm. He said, little black boy wake up in the morning and say, what can I do mm-hmm. today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that little difference between what do I want to do mm-hmm. with no boundaries. Yep. Mm. Yep. What can I do? Mm-hmm. As in what? Is allowed. I, what is allowed, right, mm-hmm. right, makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder, have we passed that sentence yet, or is that right. still the sentence? Right. Um, the little black boys wake up with uh, yeah. subconsciously. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the school every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Well, do you think it's is it taught? You know, because a lot of times, in order to know about something, you got to be Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and yeah in a sense it's been learned yeah right in a in a sense it's been learned that you ask for permission and you figure out if that's okay with people right but in other cultures it's not a an asking it's a this is what i'm doing i gotta do yeah. this this yeah. is my i don't have my birthright right right, right. And, and right. maybe greg had that uh the white boy question before it was posed to him but then once that question was posed mm. to him now he's thinking oh wow mm-hmm. these boundaries yeah right so that's shaping. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, growing up, you don't know what fire is until you touch it. Right? <laughs> like, oh, let me not do that. You have to tell a kid not to touch fire again. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think with us, that happens even into our adult lives. Right. We we try to step and then we feel the fire. And we're like, oh, snap. OK, I can't push on that. Right. And a lot of that, a lot of times this world is shaped and the environments are shaped around the comfort of white folks and mm-hmm. so when we get kind of bold and you know we step in it and make them uncomfortable then there has to be kind of you know repercussion of that mm-hmm. to say hey nah homie like you got to stay because i'm uncomfortable and so you learn mm-hmm. to operate that's where respectability politics come in mm-hmm. and so the elders even a lot of times right they lesson and mm-hmm. and this is important we arrive at this let kojo that's important for people to learn because maybe people don't even know how to arrive at that point i think it'd be good for kojo trying to expound how he arrived at this point where he and maybe he went through some things where he was trying to be like somebody else because society definitely does it. It's called assimilation, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But Kojo's found this space. And so I'm more interested in process. How did, how did he arrive there? Because that could be educational for a lot of people. To get right? there. How did, how do you get there? Like, what yeah. did you go through in your lifetime to get at this point where you're like on some Ohio oh, players? I want to be free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I chime in real quick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Jamal, Jamal, come on in, Jamal. Absolutely. I just want to add, you know, to the Kojo, let Kojo be Kojo pieces. So often we find ourselves trying to fit in uh, something that is not destined or designed for us. And then when we, when we 
put all of our eggs into that basket and we realize that that is not working either. It gives us a reality check to just go ahead and be yourself, be your authentic self. And so that's what I, I want to ask. As y'all can hear, I got some help here. Uh, yeah, you Join in on the conversation. Come on, J2. Go ahead. That's J2. But that's what I wanted to add is that, you know, sometimes when you find yourself trying to fit in the box or, or, or do what you feel others want you to do, and then when you see you're still not respected in that case, it gives you the, the right to see things differently and to step out on your own. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because, you know, but the thing is, we're growing up in this world. We're going through school, right? We're trying to be successful. Yeah. Right? We're learning the rules of the road and how this thing works. Like, that's what we want. We tell our kids, go to school, listen to your teacher, right? Read the books, right? But so you're learning all these things and you're learning how to be successful in the world as it currently is, right? And so if you're uh, an astute student and you're learning, you're going to learn the ways of like, what works, what doesn't work, what's effective, right? How do I get my point across? How do I get my teachers to respect me and like me? How do I, right, do all that? And so for me, I think I was just doing what, right, I've been told to do, trying to be successful, you know? And you go through that system. And then you think the grown-ups know what they're doing, right? You the believe it. You yeah. believe it. They yeah. know what they're doing, right? They're all stuff. And then you grow up, right, and you're in the room with the grown-ups, and you're like, yo, they don't... <laughs> Being as smart as you thought they were. Right? That, that's that's true. They don't really know. Right? And so now you're like, oh, okay, well, like I see the answer it's right here. Like, let me go try to do that. Right. And then you get your hands smacked. Right. Mm-hmm. You're like, damn, okay, mm-hmm. fine. So I guess in line with that same education, fine, I won't do it that way. I'm going to do it. But then you realize that you're eroding who you are. Right. A little bit more and more every day to try to fit in and then you realize that you're straying away from the answer mm-hmm. that you saw initially and the part right? that becomes even scarier is you have certain a certain realization that like somebody else is watching you mm-hmm. the same way you're watching the adults mm, and good. now they're they're following you who's going away from this answer mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. have, you come to and realize like that could really be a solution to this yeah and they're they're running away from it just the same way yeah. you are right. as far as branding goes the, the biggest thing right now is authenticity. Look mm-hmm. at Jay-Z and Beyonce. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are so strategic with their branding, but it's all about authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know um, uh, being a person, I've, you know, I've traveled around. I've been all around the globe, around the world, around all these Beyonce's. And playing, that time, playing that funky mm-hmm. music. Playing that funky music. Playing that funky music and into it. I mean, yeah. you know, I work with some of the best of them. Back in the day, back in the day, I'm gonna clarify that now. Back in the day, <laughs> and uh, um, you know, sometimes we have to realize when we're being bought by the system. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can get to a certain level to whereas your life is not necessarily yours no more mm-hmm. because the system has you mm-hmm. locked into what they believe how you should be, mm-hmm. and if you don't do it the way they say do it, then they kick you out. You know, and you're back to square one mm-hmm. you know you don't have the freedom of to just have that power because it's all about power mm-hmm. power p-o-w-e-r power you have uh if you're a man you guys are men of power then i'm gonna say that here in our community and everything people look up to you as men of the future of power who are doing some great things in your community so therefore the thing is not to be controlled you know, 
I, I'm like this. I have a radio station here. Lori Fulbright comes through this door. Ron Terrell, Giselle Puente come in here. I remain me. Right. I don't break down. I don't sugarcoat. I don't clean up for for them, nobody. You know, you gonna sit in these seats, and we gonna. I'm just gonna tell you how I feel. And if you don't like it, you know, just just don't like it. You know, cause that's being transparent. You mm-hmm. know, and being honest. You know, I put my pants on the same way any other man puts his pants on and breathes. You know, and so I have to keep it real like that. You know, I don't I don't like faking this. You know, I got a lot. I could have one of the biggest egos around here. Mm. I could really have that. I got platinum records, gold records, plaques. Mm. Read the resume. Go ahead. And all of that. Hall of Fame. But, you know, I poop just like everybody else do. (laughs) I do. You know, I got my breath through funky just like everybody else's breath. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's just the real, being real about it. And when you're real about it like that, then you can reach a lot more people rather than trying to fake and shake and be bougie and uppity and not not being real and down to earth. I live in North Tulsa. You know, there's some things that need to be done here. And so we, as black men, need to go out in our communities and hit these people in the head with all this information to make them feel better about themselves. One little story, and I'm going to get back to the panel. I had a homeless guy come here, and I knew him. I said, man, what's going on with you? He said, nothing, Bobby. He parked his bicycle right where you park your car right there mm-hmm. and got out and had a backpack on him, holes all in the shirt, and he came in there, and he was looking around. Oh, man, Bobby. Man, wow. you. I said, no, 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 man. Don't go on me. It ain't about me. Right now, it's about you. Mm-hmm. What can I do to help you? I said, first of all, man, when last time you had a shower? Mm. Man, I ain't had one in a while. Okay, we're going to go next door to the house, and I'm going to let you take a shower. I got some clothes, some old clothes I'm going to put on you. And I, he took a shower. He was feeling good. Oh, man. And then I put on some clothes on him. He was feeling good. Oh, man. I reached in my pocket, and I pulled out a 20 and gave it to him. Bam. He got back on his bicycle. Man, I'm coming back, Bobby. You were just smiling. Oh, just that little thing could make a difference in somebody's life. You know, now if he go back to drinking and get back out there doing what he's doing, that's on him. That little moment of freshness yeah. of something so small can make a difference in somebody's life. And if we do these things, see, a lot of times a homeless person, oh, you don't want to touch them. You don't, oh, I'm going to catch a disease. I'm going to, man, look. Our community is depressed in a lot of ways. Agreed. We got a lot of depression and oppression, stress, trauma. and all that trauma, mental health in our community. Yeah. Shout out right to my now. therapist. Therapy. <laughs> and we need therapists. We need therapy. We need conditioning. So if those who can't afford the financial therapist, they need to get it from brothers like us to help them. So that's something that I deal with, man, and that's the, that's just the reality of life. You know, uh, I don't always go up to the people who already got it. I go to those who don't have it. You know, I just gave brown gravy a ride the other day. You brown know, gravy. And, and everybody, everybody knows brown gravy. Everybody know brown gravy. Hey, you got a new hat. You seen that new hat? You got the new hat. 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 You got well, you out here, you ain't messing with me, Bobby, man. I ain't messing with nobody, you know. I mean, come on, man. Man, get in the car. I'm going to take you on over here to so-and-so. 
You know, that's the way you got to sometimes. He might cuss you out. Yep. You know, call you a bunch of names and stuff like that. He ain't going to do nothing. He's actually a good dude. He, he loves good music. Dude. He does. Mm-hmm. He's a music freak. Yeah. So it's all about the community, man. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. And we can continue on. How y'all feel about the community? It's a question of value, um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The same reason that the appraisers devalue our neighborhoods. But when white faces buy the houses, all of a sudden the value of the neighborhood goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, the the same reason that you question whether you can can Kojo be Kojo. Um, you know, many times you hear absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, hopelessness and absolute yeah. hopelessness corrupts absolutely as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after being beat down for so long, after mm-hmm. being told you ain't worth a dollar, after being told you ain't worth but three-fifths of a human being, after mm-hmm. being told you shouldn't be able to vote, after being told all these things over and over and over again, after being killed in the street and told that you not your, your life just ain't as valuable, after being told that uh, you go to school just like everybody else, but you don't deserve the same resources as everybody else, after being told that, over and over and over again after being sold dreams by politicians who show up for your vote but don't show up for your needs Mm. you begin to devalue yourself Mm. Um, and it shows up in all of these avenues and so what happens when you start to value yourself all of a sudden you start to value your freedom Mm. all of a sudden you question, well, if a company or a philanthropic organization wants to pay me to be their front man or pay me to work for them, how much am I really worth? And can I be doing what I'm doing for somebody else, for myself and for my community? And mm-hmm. I think and the reason I'm bringing that up is because whether you're a homeless man on the street that has been devalued through life or whether you have been the only black person in the room yeah. and told that you're so upset, exceptional, I still ask you, how much do you value yourself? Mm. Because when you value yourself, you value yourself enough to invest in you. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the lack of home ownership, the lack of black business ownership, the lack of black people's doing for black people's even when it's going to take a little longer for us to get there Mm. i have to ask all of us Mm. how much do we really value us have we bought in to this trick that we aren't good enough have we bought into this trick that something is better on the other side of the road or better on the other side or of the tracks that smell that's coming from across? Have we forgotten that the food that mama made us tastes twice as good as mm. the food we paying eight times as much mm. for, mm. for somebody else to feed us? Have we forgotten? Because our actions are not actions of a people that values themselves. They're actions of an insecure people. They're actions of a hopeless people. And I'm not saying that to be hopeless, but I'm saying in order to wake up, right, you got to get some of that truth ceremony. Mm-hmm. No reason going and dining with kings if you at somebody else's table. Mm-hmm. No reason to. Mm-hmm. Build yourself up to where you can raise your own army and then become the king. That food going to taste better. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I hear what you're saying, when I hear what Kojo is saying, I'm proud of him because I hear him saying, I'm ready to be the king that I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I value myself. I don't have to bend to nobody else's will. 
mm-hmm. right? I'm going to go out the way I want to go out. And I just I just wonder if, if we're doing that as a community as a whole. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely with everything you just said That's right dope. there, man. Dope. That's dope. Yeah. That's heavy. That's heavy. And, you know, sometimes I go over to uh, Comanche or Vernon Manor, mm-hmm. and I just kind of fellowship with the, the kids and stuff that sometimes they don't know what value really is. Mm-hmm. They don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I started thinking, and my daddy told me, he said, man, wouldn't it be nice if we could just pick those kids up like in a van and mm-hmm. take them up in Gilcrease Hills and over out on Utica and show them some value, some life, something that they've never been introduced to before to see, you know, uh, introduce us, talk to them and show them, like you say, value at another level because value to some of those kids and stuff are just Comanche and Vernon Manor. Mm-hmm. And that's that's as much value as they see. Yeah. You know, and I, Greg, I agree with you, man. That's so important. The more value you put into yourself, you know, am I worth something? Yeah. You know? Now, so, I mean, Greg, you make really great points. And I think the struggle is, I mean, you talked about patience or how long it's going to take. How long right? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, we know that the big elephant in the room is resources, right? And money, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that, right, the system has extracted a lot of resources from our community, right? And so how do you build back up, right? And how do you build back up independently? So even with Nipsey, right, him, he always talks about, I have to take the stairs instead of the, of the elevator. But he would get people saying, yo, you should be signed to a yep. bigger record label. You should yep. be popping more than you are, right? Um, and so there is this thing of, like, do I sign with a big record label? I have a bigger platform. I can reach more people with my message. Da, 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 or do I go independent, you know, and be in control of the narrative? Yeah, but I'm underground. I'm not really getting to get to a place. And then maybe people are not really um, on board the way they ought to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear Rico and Brandon kind of expound on that and kind of your view of, you know, how do we go about establishing our own table and what's the process look like or do we even or is that even what should, we should be considering you know so not everybody agrees that we should have our own table right some people think like well we shouldn't necessarily be separate we have to be moving towards a more integrated world where we're working with everybody at the same table i think it's a matter of uh in terms of what nipsey was talking about it specifically goes to a matter of trust right People in uh, Crenshaw trusted mm-hmm. that Nipsey was all about Crenshaw. Right. And so there was a model of like proud to pay. So yes, you, you, you value, again, you value this, this artwork. And I'm, I'm loving the term art more and more nowadays because mm-hmm. I'm yeah. realizing, I was just talking to Greg the other day, like you are a true artist mm-hmm. in what yeah. he does and, and valuing that this artist has the best interest of our community. And so we are going to pour into this artist mm-hmm. and whatever you value that artwork at, again, t-shirts, put a price tag on it. Again, the $100 mixtapes, right. put a price tag on it, right? And you, you, you value, you put that value on it, the community invests, and now it becomes a reciprocal, just a cycle that's happening. I'm putting my value, you're putting a value on your artwork. I'm valuing what you're doing in the way that you're working for and towards community. Uh, and so I'm putting money into you and you're throwing it right back into the community. Right. So then you start where money is flowing. Mm-hmm. Same as things we talked about with Black Wall Street. Black money Wall is Street. flowing into yeah. the community, through the community. Now there's a, a viable product 
that other people are seeing the value in because black culture moves culture. <laughs> so right. people see, oh, if everybody in this community is valuing this product, mm-hmm. then there's something to this product. Mm-hmm. So then that's when you get other people coming in, wanting to be on Slauson Avenue, wanting to put their, their businesses into this mall. That is, again, that the community has bought through what's happening with Nipsey Hustle. Then the marathon just starts mm-hmm. and continues. Yeah, I think we really need to focus on deconstructing, right? Because what he was talking about, there was a construction right. of how we perceive ourselves. Right. So let's go back to the reconstruction era, because there was something beautiful that happened mm-hmm. yeah. at this point. This is when you saw so many Black legislators, yeah. mm-hmm. judges, their own juries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're opening up churches, schools, universities, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were certain white people, the white Southerners, that said, oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> they have regained their power. Mm. They are empowering one another. Mm. They are valuing themselves. Mm. They've stepped out of place. Yeah. Mm. So you, you saw the KKK form mm. as a response to that. Okay? Mm-hmm. The reconstruction is incomplete. That's mm. unfinished work. Mm. Let's get back to that. Because what we saw with that was a paradigm shift. You go from slave to legislator, talk about valuing now. And I think they had value then. I just think they were put in this sort of paralysis. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get out of that. But they broke free. And since then, if you think about it, there have been mechanisms put in place to mm. make certain that we never get back to that point. Mm. So when Greg talks about value and community, you talk about exposure. All of that's important, but it's, it, it makes me wonder, what exactly do we need to do to empower those? Because we got to go up against the education system. We got to go up against media now. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do we help people to see beyond what they're thrown mm-hmm. at every single day? Naturally consuming, I'm, without yeah. even knowing. I'm getting hyped because I, and I don't want to forget Reverend. Mm-hmm. You oh, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> well, Jamal's Reverend. there. He's on there. He's on there. Um, but. I get excited when you say that because as I've had a few conversations with my brother Kojo, um, y'all know that song, Reverend Jamal, you know that song, Break Every Chain. Yeah. I listen yeah. to that yes, sometimes. Sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I listen to that sometimes. And I think about, okay, it's so it's so incredible what you say, Rico, because when I think about what breaks those chains, and I get excited talking to Kojo because I'm like, listen, man, when you start stepping out in the way that you're talking about stepping out, what what breaks people's change is seeing somebody free. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Looking and seeing somebody free. Why do little kids all want to be in the NBA? Mm-hmm. Look at it on it's TV. It's not because yeah. they know how to play yeah. basketball. Because mm-hmm. of what they see. It's mm-hmm. because they're looking and saying, Ooh, mm-hmm. he made it. Mm-hmm. What happens when we start seeing free people make it? Mm-hmm. It's not a small thing, Rico. What you're what you are doing on the corner of Black Wall Street because for so long, it's just been the art scene. That's just white people scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Well, you starting to break chains, bringing in these artists, black people, artists, people that are painting black, people starting to see that you're bringing in musicians right. that's starting to break chains. Oh, that's, that that's valued around here. Mm-hmm. Right. When you start to see people step out, because it only takes a few, right? Yeah, yeah, it only yeah. takes a few, Turn right? Light. 
you, I think, well, let's go back to slavery since we're going back. Let's go back. We got security over here. I think we might need security. <laughs> right. well, we don't, don't, don't make me hit the chair. Let's go back. Okay, you got, you got the slaves. What, what did it take to free some of them? It took a, either a Harriet Tubman who came from outside, mm-hmm. right? And preaching. Or it took a Nat Turner mm-hmm. who somehow had something mm-hmm. in him to say, nah, mm-hmm. it ain't got to be this way, mm-hmm. right? The Nats and the Harriets are among us, mm-hmm. and it is deeply their responsibility. If, it's, if you have the courage and you have the talent and you are blessed with that ability, you have to step out and then say, look, I'm stepping out here and you can too, mm-hmm. right? We're... It is a process. You named right. it. Mm-hmm. We are not going to flick our fingers and mm-hmm. tomorrow uh, things go- change. But if people start to step out, if there starts to be more black business owners, more black legislators that speak a certain way, think a certain way, right? More organizations that think a certain way, act a certain way, all of a sudden it starts to break down these mental chains. Because mm-hmm. one thing we know we, I'm not physically slaving mm-hmm. for nobody anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm mentally right. keeping mm-hmm. myself in slavery, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's not to say, oh, it's your fault, right? We right. get it. We get enslaved. We mm-hmm. get that. But we can break ourselves out. Right. I think that's the example of the five brothers on the, on the call and yourself, quite honestly, mm-hmm. giving us a platform to do this and mm-hmm. us making sure, whether it's in the church with Reverend Dodd, whether it's in the studio with Rico, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, in the many different ventures that <laughs> the King Brandon Odom has, we got to break our set. We have to be examples to say, not just to do it. The, the difference in what I'm saying is, is, we've seen people do it and leave and never come back yeah. and get their house mm-hmm. and they living good. Yep. That's yep. not what I'm talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about doing it on purpose so that you can look mm-hmm. back and say, Look, mm-hmm. all of that that you think is holding you back is yeah. a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Break through that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this break my chain. Man, mm-hmm. I wish I could say. I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you <laughs> I, I'll tell you what I'm thinking about. Some people don't even know what chains they have that mm-hmm. need to be broken. Mm-hmm. Right. In the physical, yeah, it's easy to see chains, but what about I got some real chains in here right now. Oh. <laughs> you see them hanging on the thing over there? Yeah, yeah, your, your pops brought them to the gallery. Mm-hmm. With, with, ching, 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 yeah. ching. But what, if, them what if, no, but what if you don't, you don't have those anymore, but you still got chains? Mm-hmm. So you, recognizing that you have those chains, I think that's really difficult for a lot exactly. of people. Mm-hmm. They, they can't attain freedom because they don't even know what their chains are. So I think it, I've, I've been thinking about Kojo a lot, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. this whole let Kojo be Kojo thing has been on my mind. It's like Kojo's got to tell his story now. Because there's a lot of learning mm-hmm. that can take place. It's for me. I'm I'm grateful that he's at this point in his life, but it doesn't do me as much good without that story. Come mm-hmm. on, because I need to know what he yeah. went through. Because mm-hmm. now I might look That's at it. Kojo and be That's like, good. "Man, I'm happy for him." Right, for right. I, I can cuss, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying it's like. It doesn't do me as much good. Yeah. I can be happy for him. But once he shares that story, I might feel, oh, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm saying, now I'm saying, let Rico be Rico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now yeah. I know he's done it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I know his process. I know his story. Now I'm inspired. And the thing that that 
like hits me about a lot of this is, you know, I go back to, I'm a, a huge hip hop fan. So I go back to like the Detroit mixtape with Big Sean and where he's saying it's more to the world than trying to make a living, mm. like changing it and looking back and saying that we did it, mm. you know, but really putting it out there. We talk about J. Cole with Chaining Day mm. and how, you know, Wale, you know, mm-hmm. all of these, these artists who have these songs about chains and how you, you have to get away from it and how, you know, you move from one chain of, of, of slavery to like this chain of, you know, the jewelry that we're mm-hmm. rocking on our neck and right. stuff like that. <laughs> right. Shout out to anybody wearing, wearing their, their jewelry <laughs> chains. I don't okay. want to get away from that. Pimp C also says, Pimp C, I got on my chain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> General got his chain on right now. But it's a, it's, it's a matter of seeing these, these stories and hearing what people have, have done and are going through. And you realize like, Oh, I'm going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I can, that's the light at the end of the tunnel is what Kojo is doing. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a matter of making sure I'm with you on it, but making sure people know the process behind it, which is why I share with people often. Like I have a therapist that I see mm-hmm. faithfully because right. you have to get that mental right. Which is why it's we okay. can't. It's good yeah. to see a therapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. and yeah. we can't, we can't fault folks. So there's a story of the dog, right? Who they put, you know, they chained the dog. Oh, was taking the ground, right? And then they put some meat out, yes. right? Just outside of the reach of the chain. So when they do that, the dog like rushes to the meat, tries to get it, and it gets smashed yeah. dead yeah. Right? Yeah. with that chain, right? And they keep doing it every day. And after a couple of weeks, take the chain off, right? And then they put the meat out there. Mm-hmm. The dog just lays there yeah. and just looks at it. Mm-hmm. They move the meat closer to the dog. He just stays there and looks at it, right? Because he's been trying to get at that mm-hmm. meat for so long, been yanked back. And now you take the physical chains off, but the mental yeah, this man yeah. chain is still there. You, so even though it's right in front of you, yeah. you're not gonna go after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, yeah. My dad told me. I, I asked my dad. I say, you know, slavery. I, we were talking about slavery, mm-hmm. and I said, um, here you got a slave owner who has a wife and maybe two kids, right? Mm-hmm. A couple of kids, and he got a couple of uh, slave hands yeah. on horses with guns. And you got twenty five slaves. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I used to think that you, you got, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, right, right, you got, yeah. got twenty five slaves. Right, right. You know, and, and what made them continue on being slaves? Mm. Because they were enslaved in their minds. Mm. You know, and that's what had them. Well, you better not do that. Master gonna shoot you. Mm-hmm. Master gonna kill you. Yeah. You know, and bring about that division of the light skin and the dark skin mm-hmm. and the house nigga, the field nigga, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you got niggas look like Bobby Eaton. You got niggas look like Brandon. <laughs> and, you know, all kind of shade, right, 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 right. color shaded brothers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and bring about that division. Right. You know, uh, you de- you dehumanize him in front of his own people. Mm-hmm. You know, and his manhood and make him feel mm-hmm. yeah. And yep. have that self control, yeah. You know, and so you enslave the mind, right. then you can enslave the body, and then therefore you can just manipulate. And we suffer from a lot of that right today, you know, because how can you know where you're going mm-hmm. if you don't know where you come from? Yeah, you know, you got to know there's a reasons and conditioning why we are where we are, but you know, sometimes I feel like when blacks, some blacks get two dollars past bus fare, come on, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> They get two dollars past bus fare. They feel like they didn't arrive mm-hmm. and forget where they come from. Mm-hmm. I left Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, in 1974. Mm-hmm. I returned to Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, about 2000. I've been back about three years, three and a half years. I had to come back because something was bothering me in my spirit, mm-hmm. and I was seeing that my my community was suffering. 
You know, I could have stayed on out there and this blah, 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 blah. Then my daddy would keep me informed of what's going on in the community. And my parents were aging and some of the houses were being torn down mm-hmm. and stuff. And I said, wow, man, you know, let me come on back home and get involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what it's all about is getting involved. I talk to a lot of young people right now. I go to, I've been over speaking to McLean, go over to Gilcrease, Deborah Brown School, San Copa, wherever it is. We're going to miss you, Gilcrease. And, and I just, you're right, we're going to miss you. And, mm-hmm. and when I talk to those children, because it's about the children, mm-hmm. it's all about the kids. And I said, what do you aspire to be when you grow up? I want to be a rapper. I said, Bobby, mm-hmm. why are you perspiring me? Yeah, right. <laughs> perspiring me. I want to be a rapper. I want to be LeBron James. Mm-hmm. But I never hear nobody say, I want to be an engineer. I want to be a lawyer or, or an aspiring a business person to have my own business. Can I Can I yeah. tap in that? Um, so I used to hear hear when I was in, in college, I used to hear those those stories. People would say things like that all the time. And um, going back to saying like, oh, well, those aren't the people that you see driving down the street and whatnot. And so it caused me to do a lot of reflecting. And so in growing up on 39th and Hartford on the main road where everybody's driving by, right? Mm-hmm. Out there playing basketball in the street or over at Church of the Living God, uh, throwing a football in the yard or something, right? And, and I remember two distinct times um, really paying attention to who's driving up and down the street. And the people that I saw, one, I, I, I mirrored as soon as I got the opportunity to drive up and down the street. Everybody was jamming uh, BMF, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? At the time, Rick Ross BMF was, was everything. And so every car had a system in it going up, whether it was a nice car or not, had a system in it going up and down the street. I bought my first car, 86 Chevy Cavalier for $400 Ooh, and immediately yeah. put $300 into it to get a system put in it so I can ride down the street mm-hmm. and jam BMF. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then being at the park and people would come up and play and whatnot. And sometimes you knew the people in the neighborhood, the ways they were getting their means were through uh, drug activity. But what they did was they came and played basketball with you. Mm-hmm. And you didn't see them as the drug dealer. You mm-hmm. saw them as this person. I'm not going to dry snitch and say nobody's <laughs> name, but you see them as this person, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, who has your best intent mm. um, in, in mind. And so they're, they're giving you game and they're sharing different things with you. Mm. Um, and so in my mind, like, yes, I didn't, I never said I wanted to be a doctor an engineer or anything like that. I actually whole thing and, and Jamal can kind of attest to it. You know, our, our kind of friend group, our whole idea of success was just getting out of Tulsa mm-hmm. because mm. we didn't think there was an opportunity for us here, mm. but I've heard over and over people having this story similar to yourself, you know, I think of like Michael Vaughn who was in Japan mm-hmm. and just had this calling of, I have to get back to North right. Tulsa. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I just mm-hmm. hear that over and over. Um, but it was, it's, you, you saw those people mm-hmm. and, and you didn't put their profession to them. So I don't know if that's one of the things that that's out there is that we, we, we haven't been knowing what people are doing. You know, I, I think of, um, you know, sister love who's, Margaret Love, who's like one of my yeah, mothers, you know what I'm yeah, saying? And for sure. I never knew that she was a social worker or an activist. Right. I just knew she yeah. cared so much about me that she would smack the back of my head if I was falling asleep at church. Yeah, one of the things that I that I wanted to chime in on, Brandon, what Brandon was saying about not knowing um, people in their profession. The thing about us is now that we do know, how, how are we corralling those black professional men or it, it's up to us to corral those black professional men to get yeah. them in the school so these boys can see something other than what we saw. 
you know, yeah. we, I look back at, at our life and what we, we, what we encountered, we, you know, Brandon just named what we saw growing up as kids. But now these kids need to see the Kojo of the world. They need to see the Rico Wright. They need to see the Greggs and, and, the, and the Brandons and, and the Bobby Eaton's and see that there are positive black men who uh, are doing great things. And so it's really been on my heart for the last uh, year and a half, really heavily the last couple of months, that we have to do something in regards to a black male mentorship program. And talk, oh, man, uh, that's it. Shout out to 100 Black Men. They do a really good job. Um, but, I, but I think that, that there's some new energy that's out there, and I think we can really cultivate an opportunity to really help these black boys in Tulsa see something different. You know, it shout wasn't until I got to Pine Bluff, mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to DLA. It, was, it wasn't until I got to Pine Bluff, Arkansas, to where I saw um, some black men, you know, doing other things. Come on, UAPP. Hey, can I tell you two things? One, I think we should... I think we should have kid mentors. Like I'm a grown Ooh. man. I need a I need a mentor that's a kid. I'm kind of like mm-hmm. I'm done with talking to a lot of these older people. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm about to go that. find me a I'm, young, like I'm, seven, eight year old. Like I'm a, and I'm gonna ask him or her, Will you be my mentor? Mm-hmm. Think about how empowering that is talking about values. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be like that's Dr. Good. Wright won't be the mentor I show you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I you know, I went to a one hundred black men uh meeting yeah. the other day. Uh, they invited me to come and I told them, I said, well, one thing that I see, you need the guys got to get some younger people involved yeah. and in the processes. Because one thing, I, and I don't y'all get mad at me, those who listening to me, that's my age. But one thing that I can say about us is that we're not going to do the work that the young people do. And we're going to kick back and punch that remote control at the house. And we just going to talk about it. You guys are going to be about it. You know, you're going to be out in the trenches and actually doing it. So we have to give that, that wisdom and that information to pass and let, and let go of the torch. Just let go of the torch, pass the torch. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes older people get a chance. They get up in the, they get up in the church and they want to stay there till they die. You know, preach they 97 years old up in the pulpit. Now, I'm just saying that. Jamal, you know what I'm talking about. And um, they don't want to pass it. And in the community, yeah, they they don't, in the community, they want to hold these positions and titles Mm -hmm. and doing the same old stuff over and over, expecting different results. That's insanity, right? That's insanity. Mm -hmm. That's the insanity part. Don't want to let go. And you got to let go for the next generation to come in and get, bring it. We're in a technical age when yeah. technology is here. And we were doing everybody texting and emailing and social media and all of that. And where a lot of the older people don't know how to do any of that stuff, you know, it puts them in, in, in a certain, certain, certain space. Now, I'm not knocking us. Don't y'all get mad at me. But I'm just saying, we got to learn how to pass the torches to the Griggs, the Ricos, the Brandons, and the Kojos, and the Jamals, and uh, just get behind them and support their endeavors and what they do. Now, can I I say my second point? Yeah, go ahead. ahead. I'm really, uh, I'm still processing my thoughts on on this, but I kind of feel like something should be said about the cool element of things and why kids gravitate towards them, right? Mm -hmm. So you look at sports athletes they get sneaker deals they get the travel they get all of this publicity and there's it's so cool right what's cool about being an engineer there are a lot of cool things or if we put this melanin toward it we can make it cool i think that's what's missing now i'm not saying that everything has to be made cool but one thing i like about the gallery that there's a cool element to it so people gravitate toward so many people say i've never been in the gallery before 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's we, something to be said about as Miles Davis well, played the birth of the cool. When uh, Jamal was speaking of Palm Bluff, when we were there, uh, we started this group called Black Mal Achievers, and just a it started just a, like a group of nerdy dudes. Mm-hmm. And the question that we had, or the thing that we knew was, we got to make this sexy, like, right? Cool yeah. and yeah. sexy. You know what yeah. I mean? It's got to be sexy. Mm-hmm. Like we knew that people needed this, mm-hmm. but we also knew like it was just we just gonna be looking at ourselves, right? right. <laughs> Until we made it sexy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what we that's what we went about doing. You know, we started yeah. pledging and doing all that. It's right. one thing when it's just a somebody inviting you to a you know a circle mm-hmm. to talk about something. It's another thing when the noops is inviting you to right. a circle sure to talk is. about something. And think, and think about fraternities. They do value cool and sexy. Each sure, one of them. Even the cues and all the hopping, they still being cool and sexy about it, right? Yeah. You better believe it. I don't think you can. You cannot undervalue. That's not a, that's not a little point. Right. That's not a little point at all. Like Because, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think none of us was walking around at six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven talking about what we're talking about now, right? right at all. We was all trying to just be cool. Yep. Here, yeah. you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, that's why, like, to Jamal's point on the mentoring, and to your point, I never thought about the reverse mentor, but what I have seen be successful is not just an adult coming in, but how do we facilitate kids? Mm teaching other kids right and mm-hmm. and learning how to how to relate to one yeah. another especially our black boys mm-hmm. um i had a circle the other day bought everybody pizza and just we just got in a circle i just said just say one good thing about another person in the circle mm-hmm. yeah. and the only rule is you can't say about the same person that just yeah. got yeah. it right mm-hmm. um and it was so new, you know, and I'm talking to second graders, right? But my point is, is that y'all are all in the same class, right? Y'all are all in the same class. That means at some point y'all are in this together. Why is that important? Because I don't know what their home life is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they got brothers. Yeah. I don't know if they got uncles. I don't know what's going on at, the, at home. Mm-hmm. But at least in this space, can you have, a? can this be a safe space for you? Can this be a group that you can lean on and come to, right? So you take those second graders and you extend that out to a, a seventh grader, eighth grader, ninth grader. And I'm saying that because when we talk about the need for therapy, one thing we mm-hmm. know as black men is that we are conditioned, right? Don't cry, hold it in. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're going to go through all this trauma in your mm-hmm. life, hold it in, keep it in, hold it in. Nobody messing with you. Nobody got no sympathy for you because you too big. Nobody yep. got no sympathy for you because you too black. Mm-hmm. Nobody got no sympathy for you because you too scary, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you explode, and then it's your fault. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. That that conversation piece is one thing to have a conversation with somebody older than you. Man, God bless you if you can find that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's it's folks going through exactly what you're going through right around you every single day. But that yeah. takes a skill, yeah. especially in black men, and teaching us that we can talk about that. Yeah. I'm not talking about something theoretical. I'm talking mm-hmm. about something that like saved theory. my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. My father died when I was 12 years old. Do y'all know how mad I was? Mm-hmm. My mom is in a wheelchair mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. I got a 10 year old little brother I'm going home to. I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm breaking every window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Broke every window in the house, mm-hmm. broke all the windows at the car, mm-hmm. ran down the street, woke everybody up every night. I don't care. Fuck y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing that saved me 
men of power at Booker T. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was some more angry folks mm-hmm. yeah. that I could that I could talk to. Mm-hmm. Dr. Marshall. Huh? Dr. Marshall was mm-hmm. like, yo, y'all gotta do something because mm-hmm. I'm not having it. Yeah. Right? So men of power ain't nobody talking to us. It's us talking to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Black man choosing I'm talking about a UAPB. That's cast from Chicago, Atlanta, DC, mm-hmm. cast it. And UAPB, the thing is, you don't even need a GPA. Literally. <laughs> you don't even need a test score. You just need to get there. That's how UAPB is, right? Yeah, so you got cats coming from my background, right. coming from your background, with cats from, I mean, chasing, running from cases, okay? Mm-hmm. Getting in a circle and vibing. I'm telling you, it's something magical mm-hmm. that happens when you're able to vibe and able to release things yeah. and you not having to feel like you being judged. Yeah. And, yeah. and so to me, along with Preach. the mentoring, it's teaching our mm-hmm. young brothers that one, it's okay to feel how you feeling. Yeah. It's yeah. okay to be angry. Right. And then teaching them how to interact with one another other than just running and tackling each other. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. But learn to talk to each other as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I wholeheartedly it. agree mm-hmm. with that. Uh, I think gee, it's, it's so imperative because when we talk about you know, not just talking about it, but going back to the process, like what does the process look like mm-hmm. and being very transparent and showing that. And so in terms of, yes, I, I have said it a couple of times, but seeing a therapist, but some of the, the true communal therapy has happened when Greg and I have gone to grab a drink or even go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Kojo going down to chop it up. Me and Rico just just talk in Jamal, you know, shoot, mm-hmm. I ain't going to say how many times we mm-hmm. talk about all kinds of stuff, but just getting people in a room. I think of brothers like, Quentin Liggins and, and Devin Fletcher and, mm-hmm. and just Alex Taman, but just, just getting together and just, just talking, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and then in that same, that same vein, sharing, sharing your story, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I, I connected mm-hmm. with uh, King Spencer at the library, at the, the book club that he hosts. And we're just sitting there and we start chopping it up and realizing like, Oh, we, we have very similar stories. Like the past that may not be exactly the same, but we can work together and I can learn from you and you can learn from me and we can actually grow because we have a, a similar similar story. Yeah, because yeah, when we know our history, it's all, you know, it's a lot about our history. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, when you go back, now I'm a lot older than you guys, and I go back, I was around when the Civil Rights Movement took place with Dr. King, Malcolm. It took Dr. King, Malcolm, the Black Panthers, and it took all of these organizations to make a movement, yeah. you know, from yeah. civil rights to where we can be in the positions that we are even today, mm-hmm. you know. And one thing that I noticed culturally about certain races of people, some races of people keep their culture. They go back far. They can go back in their lineage and they can mm-hmm. talk, tell you everything going on, you know. For example, I'm a musician, right? You can have the Rolling Stones playing over here and that, that white father will take his whole entire family to the concert. You can put Stevie Wonder and Aretha Franklin, and then only a certain amount of people going to show up of a certain age bracket. Yeah, mm. You see, it's that, that's the division that's taking place. So that younger, uh, uh, they don't get introduced to them. You, you understand? Am I making sense? Make they never sense. get to uh, the Reese's and the... Uh, they just all know the, all the people who sampled them. But, and, <laughs> right, he sampled them. Yeah. And then it just starts at a certain generation because 
I was just talking to my son the other day, and I would say, hey, man. I said, yeah, man, you got Lil Wayne. And so he said, Lil Wayne's an old rapper. <laughs> he's old. Wow. That's right. Yeah, he said, that's what he told me. Kodak. 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 Yeah, you got Kodak. Yeah, right. He said, that's an old rapper. You know what I mean? He said, man, you know, they listen. we listen to Gucci Mane and 21 Savage Bird. and all of these other cats. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot. so I'm saying, I'm saying, when you know your history, mm-hmm. it's all about your history, man. You know, people died; they got water holes down, man. I remember when I was a little boy. I'm gonna share this story. I'm gonna get back to it. My daddy's an activist. Y'all know mm-hmm. he's 84 years old. He's been doing it for all his life. Him and Homer Johnson and all Don Ross and all them used to get together in the barbershop next door right here. Well, anyway, I used to be at home, man, as a little boy. Phone would ring. ring. I asked the phone, hello. We gonna get that nigger. Mm. Who is this? We gonna get that nigger. Mm. Hang up the phone. Mom, wait, hold on. Mama! Who is this? Who is this? Who is this? We gonna get that nigger and hang up. Then you gotta pack your house up, mm. go over to grandma's house, because mm. you don't know, you nervous, you don't know what's going mm-hmm. on. I can remember just having picket signs and walking out at the board of education. I'm a little boy now, uh, going around just picketing and people getting arrested and all that kind of stuff. And it's going, things are happening right to this day. You know, we're still in the struggle, still fighting, still in the war, and things like that for equality and being just equal, Mm -hmm. you know, because when you're only 14% of the United States of America, 14%, Mm -hmm. Hispanics have surpassed us at 17% now, they're growing, then we got a big system to fight. Mm -hmm. It's a huge system to fight, you know, and so, but we can overcome a lot of that if we work together. Yeah, yeah. It's all together, man. That black woman Thing. Yeah, I wanna free. I wanna do something real because Greg What did Greg? Yeah. Greg did something beautiful yesterday. What did he do? With those kids. Yeah. Having each one of them say something positive mm-hmm. about the other. See, it's the kids. So I'm I'm about to do that right now. I'm gonna start with Jamal though. I'm a, <laughs> these are gonna be brief commentary. <laughs> Jamal's resignation letter. Mm-hmm. Oh, me. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's a man of integrity. Wow. Jamal. Jamal, yes, sir. Like I okay. think we, I think we should publicly and I privately think, yeah. applaud people when they do certain things exactly. that impact the community. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that brother touched me. I'm like, he touched me too. Like that's a let Kojo be Kojo moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That was a very <laughs> strong integrity move right there as well. Jamal, you know, just talk a little bit about that letter, man. Everybody knows it is public. And you know yeah. what made Let's you decide to do what you do, what you did? Yeah, man. Well, uh, long story short, man, there were just some things said and uh, some things done that were in opposite of what I had initially signed up for. And so, uh, when I saw the project moving in the direction and people in leadership, you know, speaking in a, in a way that was not uh, appropriate to me, I felt that it was in my best interest. To, to move around, and it was a painful thing for me to do for the simple fact that I was passionate about the project, passionate about the community, but uh, in the same sense, in the same vein, I'm not going to be disrespected in my in my piece for uh, my, my sense of peace for the community. So that's what that was about, man, and I, I felt so much better 
um, yeah, uh, you know, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to show people that you're that you're not playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you so know, then that was, that I, was some, I mean, there was some, there was just some some things that I just you know there are certain things that you can take, and then there are some some uh, non-negotiables, and there was just some, some non-negotiables that I said, yeah, this is just for me, so I gotta mm-hmm. move around. Uh, has there been anyone to replace yeah, you as of yet? You know, uh, your position? Not, not as of yet. I, I believe they may have someone that they're looking at or considering. Um, and the, the beauty of this thing is, man, you know, being so connected to community and being so engulfed and engaged in community, regardless of who they try to replace you with, when people respect you, they'll reach out to you before they'll jump into something. So um, they they. They have their eyes on somebody, and that person reached out to me and uh, asked what I thought. And so I, I gave them the, the, the truth. And so we'll see. You gave the letter. We'll yeah. yeah. Hey. You gave him the letter. Okay. But you know, Jamal, I want to say something. It's like sometimes when you're designing that way, it makes it so we can't just brush it under the rug and just bring somebody else in, right? So now we have to confront, okay, like we can't just replace Jamal, bring somebody else in, and not talk about. Why he resigned, like, and that's like right. issues. those issues, level, you know, it needs to be addressed because we're all gonna be thinking about it. And then whoever replaces Jamal, if they come talk to me or come talk to anybody, we're like, hey, yo, how about this right piece? And what are you doing yeah. to ensure that that's not going on anymore? You know, yeah, right. And that's what um, that's what I shared with the person. I told him, you know, hey, uh, you have my my blessing to do whatever you feel is best for you, but you know, be aware of the kickback that you're receiving, the pushback that you're receiving. So. Right. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Yo, I want to say something about Brandon. Like, if life were an NBA season, he's averaging a triple-double. Let <laughs> <laughs> me tell you what I mean, because he's dropping points. Is he? Assists yeah. and he's rebounding. Boom, boom, boom. Now, that's the metaphor, that's but this good. dude is facilitating. That's good. Like LeBron you. out here in these streets, yo. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Like, you for real facilitating like i mean that's good, and that's man. the cool thing like kids need to see this in leadership and see that this this is this is a triple double man he yeah. might he might as well be russell westbrook <laughs> uh, the community, oh, look, but look at what he's doing mm-hmm. he's scoring he's assisting he's bringing people to the gallery all the time he's in touch with all of us he's mm-hmm. got tentacles everywhere facilitating mm-hmm. uh, i appreciate hey, that i'm actually come trying on to over be here more, now <laughs> uh, we, we on the way we okay, on the way i'm, a, I'm actually it. trying to be more like the yeah. robin have a triple double with no points uh, no points i got you i, got you. No, I mean i want to echo that in the sense of like the way brandon is thinking he's thinking he's he truly is the plug right he's like i'm how how can i connect people to one another yeah. to make things happen right right, right. so like I love his humility. Um, he's he has doesn't have ego, right? He sees the big picture. He's from here. He wants this place to move forward. He wants our community to do better, um, and he's willing to kind of be the bridge, right, between different folks. Um, and it's hard work, you know. When you decide you want to step into that, you know, breach, it's, it's hard. You can you have incoming from all over the place, you know, um, and it's very great, you know. Um, but I don't know how many people come to me and say, Brandon told me to come talk to you. Right. right? Um, go so that's, go that's talk to Brandon, huh? Right. <laughs> you got to talk to Brandon about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Man, Kojo, like, um, I want to tell you, man, there's something about the way in which Nelson Mandela did what he did in South, South Africa. I think you're emerging as a leader of Tulsa. 
not just in the black community, yo. And Nelson Mandela learned the language of the white South Africans. He learned their world. He learned their sport. Then he mastered them because he already had his world. And that made him extremely valuable. And I see that in you. So I'm saying learn this world of Tulsa. Master it. And then you will be the master of it. There's something to be said about we know the we know the oppressed language because we we are of the oppressed. But what about the language of the oppressor? We got to learn that too. Mm-hmm. So then you can talk that talk and then get them to see you are of value, right? And that this city needs you, like GKFF needs Brandon. And Brandon should be leading the whole thing if you ask me. Man, right? He come to you. I'm talking. He got the cool and sexy. He making GKFF cool and sexy. You heard me? <laughs> the city is yours. But I think there's there's something to learn from Nelson Mandela. I don't know why that's on my heart, G. But oh, it's gonna be there. You're gonna get there. Mm-hmm. You know. But if we work together and unify yeah. and put the powers that be together, yeah. yeah. You know. Um, thank you for saying that. I'm not even worthy. Nelson Mandela's just in another realm, right, yeah, in my yeah, mind, sure. and he's like the ultimate. He's like you know, ultimate leader, right? Um, you know, it's interesting because I was just um, having a conversation with somebody about Nelson Mandela this past week and talking about, he talked about how, right, the oppressed, right, we know we just talked about the mental slavery, right, and the, the sickness, and we need to go to therapy and all that stuff. But then he also turned it around and talked about the sickness of the oppressor, Come on, you know, um, and how they're bound. They're also bound by yeah, the oppression, yeah, you know? Right. Um, and so when you take yourself out of that and you objectively look and say, well, I got like two sides that are both need healing. So when he actually was talking about reconciliation, right, or conciliation, right, a lot of folks got mad at him, even from his own wife, right? Because mm-hmm. like, once you come to take power, mm-hmm. you kind of want retribution in mm-hmm. a sense. Y'all are going to pay for this, right? Yep. And he saw the difference between reconciliation and retribution. Um, and so like that made people mad. Um, but, but yeah, so I do see that. That's, and that's where the rub is, right? In the sense of how do we get to a place where we change the power dynamic and we bring about justice, um, but don't let the oppressor off the hook, right? Yeah. While still redeeming the mm-hmm. oppressor, mm-hmm. right? Greg, right? You know, and so, yeah, so, so, yeah, we can't let people off the hook. So, I mean, but that's where the struggle comes because how does Brandon work with GKFF, right? And he's doing hard work and very important work, but he's on the inside, right? And at the same time, there's a lot of conversation in our community about GKFF and practices of GKFF and how it affects our community, all right? And so you have to navigate this space where I'm at the table with these folks and I have to be able to, right, build relationships, authentic, trusting relationships with them at that table while still building authentic, trusting relationships with people on the ground in the community, right? Um, and then find a way for us to move forward under the banner of justice Right. Um, and that's very hard work. I, I mean, and that's why that's what we have to all like be talking about. How do we actually do that work? Because we're fighting these systems, right, of power. And power is hard. 
And we also know that power doesn't concede anything without a demand. Right? We know that some people will go to the grave before they give up power. All right. Um, and so you also have to determine, is this person persuadable? Right. How are we able to move this power? Right. If it's redeemable, right? Because um, if not, then like, am I just spinning my wheel? Uh, and am I going to get to a place where I, re- like, you know, I become radicalized yep. because I really was trying to, I, I believe that they could change, but it was all the rules the whole time. And now I'm really pissed and I'm resentful of everybody, <laughs> you know? So it's hard work. Um, and we're still, uh, I'm still going through this in my mind about like, and I think part of the process and the journey that I've been through is I've been in a place where I try to like reason with people, right? Mm-hmm. And by people, I mean kind of like white people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, reason with you, try to, you know, use language and, you know, argument and all that stuff, right? And then you realize I don't get anywhere, right? You don't even get what I'm trying to say. And so then you get upset and you go, you go get the hot water and I'm going to just throw it in your face, <laughs> you know, and you do that. Yeah. And then you were like, dang, that don't work either, <laughs> you know? So now you just like, dang, like, like, what do you do? You know? Um, but my answer to that is, you know what? I got to let Kojo be Kojo and I got to let Brandon be Brandon. I got to let Rico be Rico. I got to let Greg, because we all have unique roles to play. Yeah. And I can't do it on my own, right? And none of us can do it on our own. But we all are not going to do it the same way. So when we come to appreciate the different roles that we all play, and we're like, we're all in the same army, mm-hmm. right? But yep. Some are the Air Force, some are, you know, Marines, right? And, and if we get together and we work together and we know the vision, we know where we're trying to go, and we can coordinate our efforts, that's when we bring about, like, true change, right? And we have to be vulnerable and admit that, I don't know everything. Yeah. And I have weaknesses. I have flaws. And all my critics aren't wrong, right? Mm-hmm. There are people out mm-hmm. there who criticize me, and they're probably right. Like, that's real. Yeah. So I'm not going to dismiss them either, right? So I want to learn. I, what's most important is what's the end goal? Yeah. If we can agree on the end goal that we're about empowering our community, it's about the kids, right? It's about restoring power. It's about justice and equality and equity. Like, if we can agree on that, and same thing, there are white folk out there who can agree on that too, and they need to agree on that. And if, if you're a white person that agrees that that's the goal, come, come on, on board. Come Let's on. do it, right? Yeah. And, and so I'm not going to be scared to speak on the truth and speak on what I want, whether it's black excellence, whether it's black freedom, whether it's black whether economics, it's black economics, like yeah. I believe it's universal. Just because we say black doesn't mean it's not universal. Anybody can get on board that train, right? You can and, be about a black agenda. Right. And yeah. also, lastly, I'm going to say this, us as black folk, we can't dismiss that there are white people out there who want to get on that train, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we say, oh, well, we're talking too radical. Ain't no white people out there going to get on this bandwagon. Like, no, there are white they, people who are going to get on there, right? Yeah. So I'm going to um, get down with you now. So, yeah, so we just got to be in service to truth. And what I've been dealing with as I'm, you know, considering the future, kind of you get to talking about, oh, like, I got to convince that um, suburban soccer mom, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, there's a lot more of them than it is us, mm-hmm. right? But I realized, F that, right? <laughs> Excuse me, but as the suburban soccer mom. <laughs> Don't say no, it. no, no, no. Listen, listen. In the sense of, I can't, I can't be, 
I can't be serving this anonymous person, yeah. right? That I don't necessarily come into contact with, right? Ooh, I have to serve the people I am connected with, yeah. right? I and believe in that. Serve the truth, right? And if I serve that, the suburban soccer mom, right, might hear that and say, "Wow, he has a point." Let I want to learn that. more, right? Let me let me become educated. That's how you truly lead, right? Mm-hmm. The suburban soccer mom is not saying she wants to be a leader. So why are you subjugating the way you should lead based on what her current feelings are? Why don't you actually serve the truth and speak the truth and hope that something, your authenticity will touch her heart and she'll that's, say, mm, yeah. that's piqued my interest. I want to learn more. And that's how we move the city forward, right? So I'm moving from trying to convince the masses to trying to actually appeal to the people I'm actually connected with on a day-to-day basis. The issues we read about in the newspaper every day, right? Yeah. The, the, the lives we see affected every day. And if we can do that, if we can affect the mar- micro market, that's what's going to touch the macro market. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's an important point. Um, King says leadership is being a motor of consensus, not a searcher mm-hmm. of one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, King was good at this. He would yeah. just he would just do things and there would just be one word you needed to focus on. Mm-hmm. So that difference between molding and searching. Mm-hmm. Difference between molding and searching, especially being 14% of something. Right. If I'm searching for a consensus, mm-hmm. I'm going to be led to assimilation. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Come on right. now. That's real. Yeah. If I'm molding consensus, mm-hmm. it may take a minute yeah. to get folks on board, but I'm going to be devastatingly loyal to what truth is. Right. And then I'm going to spend my time building enough relationships mm. with folks that don't see the truth yet, right? Mm. To bring them over to that, to mold them. Right. Give you a real life example. Why did it take months and months and months and multiple votes and missteps and redos to change Council Oak Elementary's name? Mm. From Council Oak or from Lee, Lee. Robert E. Lee Elementary mm-hmm. to Council Oak. Right. Right. That was a perfect example of power structure that knew if you talk to people individually, they knew what was right. But they just it it could not bring themselves, right? And what the, the language you heard over and over again was, well. There are people in the community that just don't don't want this. They they want to hold on, right? What were they doing? What were those leaders doing? They were searching for consensus. They paid consultants mm-hmm. and did groups and groups and groups, not to mold anything, mm-hmm. not to teach anything, not mm-hmm. to understand anything, simply to try and hope and pray that people could come together around the right answer. Mm-hmm. It's not the intent that I'm saying is wrong. But what I mean is when you're blessed. And when you take the responsibility of being in a leadership position, it's not good enough just to do the things that everybody else thinks should happen right? or right. that the majority That's thinks should yes. happen. Come yeah. on. Yeah. We, we know that groupthink is dangerous. So being a leader requires a courage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. A courage to say, listen, I'm in this position for a reason. I'm in this position because I've been ordained to do it, Mm -hmm. because I'm willing to go out and listen to others and their perspectives. 
and take mine into consideration and then mold us in the right place. Mm-hmm. You saw King do it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a critical lesson for any of us in leadership to do. Mm-hmm. Your your first answer may not be the popular one. Yeah. It, it mm-hmm. may not be, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I point to you, real life example again, I point you to Vanessa Hall Harper. Mm-hmm. Vanessa Hall Harper is a molder of consensus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you listen to folks four years ago, she's too brash. She almost appears uneducated. She's too raw. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that's not how you do that. You can't do the things. She, you can't say the things she's saying. Mm-hmm. Now, that was four she, years ago? <laughs> she's almost a deity. When I first got here, yeah. Um, yeah. I started, I, I hooked up with Vanessa and, you know, all of them. I know all of them. And I said, wow, this is Vanessa Hall. Vanessa is on point. I say she's building uh, a, a platform and incorporating a lot of younger people. And she's just out here doing stuff. I'm talking about picking up trash off mm-hmm. the ground, mm-hmm. you know, literally, yeah. you yeah. know, and I'm saying, wow, where the previous uh, council councilman wasn't doing that kind of stuff like that for over 12 years or something, you know? And so when that happens and these new people get in positions, it's new change and it's a good thing. You know, I can see it. That's why Kojo, if you decide to do what you say you may do, do it. You know, you got to just do it. You guys got to do it. Get involved. You know, those power positions, you know, you got, you got people, you know, Looking up to you, wondering what's going to be your next move. Think about it, Brandon. People looking at you. Rico, they looking at you. Jamal, hey, Greg, they looking at you. You know what? They, you're their hometown favorite. You're their hope. Mm-hmm. So when you put yourself in those positions, be prepared to take on the responsibility of the position that you hold. You know, to better yeah. your people and better your community, man. Yeah. Because I remember time, it was a village that was raising a child. Mm. It was a strong village of men, men raising the community, man. You know, I couldn't do nothing wrong. If I did something wrong, man, y'all could tighten, they could tighten me up. Yeah, you I know? remember uh, stepping, stepping in some things, doing some things I shouldn't have in my grandmother's house mm-hmm. and, and walking down, doing it down the block. Got a whooping down the block. So people beat your kids. Got a whooping down the block. Mm-hmm. Coming home. coming home, you know, walking, getting getting talked to by That's all right. of the elders. Exactly. Getting to my grandmother's house and getting a whooping again. Yeah. Then my mother came to pick me up, got a whooping again. Yeah. I remember stuff like that. Uh, uh, and I keep going back to my dad, man. My dad put mm-hmm. so much into me. And I remember being, I got in some trouble at Booger T. And I was sitting in the dean's office, right? And on the bench, it was a whole lot of kids sitting on the dean's office. You know, sitting there, about five or six kids, you know, right there, sitting and got in trouble during the school day. And my dad came in there, man, and uh, he he went to the principal, came up to my dad. My dad got mad at him. And I said, what are you getting mad at the principal for? He said, these kids ain't learning nothing sitting on this bench right here. What they, what they learning? They just sitting up here all day long up in here in this in this office. What they, what they learning? Y'all go back to class. And I got scared, you know what I mean? And but Bobby, but Bobby went to so and so and so. Y'all go back to class. Everybody went back to class. He said, now you deal with this after school. Because it, because what they're missing right now is something that 
that, that they're missing some education that they probably need right now as we speak. By them, they're not learning nothing sitting on them benches. And I didn't understand that. You know, I really didn't. But now I kind of understand it. You know, there's a time and place for everything, everything that we do. And he may have been wrong. You know, he may have been wrong, but they went back to class, you know, and they dealt with it right after school. I even went back to class. You know what I mean? Got a little pass, a little little pass or something like that. But I'm saying it took a village to raise, man, the community. And those men were involved, man. You didn't always call the police for violence. Mm -hmm. Some of the men get up and they put their pistols in their pocket and they go down there and handle it themselves. You know, and drug addicts and drug, drug communities and alcoholics and they would handle that stuff, man. Yeah, you know? that's, that's why this criminal, sorry, my bad, this criminal justice movement, um, we cannot, we are not going to get to where we want to be as a community uh, with everything on a black woman's shoulders like it is. Now, they are they are miracles mm-hmm. in what they have mm-hmm. had to endure and carry us through. I mean, they mm-hmm. are truly miracles, but yeah. uh, this cannot go on like it's like like we're going right now. Um, and so we have, yeah, I guess it is about the, the kids because that, that can, that stops that chain from happening. Um, but you got teenagers, you got young men that still have a lot of life to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the criminal justice system that is far too penal and needs mm-hmm. to be more of a restorative system. Mm-hmm. Why can't we change our perspective? If we view everybody as having value, if we view everybody as equal, then why can't we be restorative in our criminal justice system, mm-hmm. right? Bring some of these men home, invest in the training and the restorative practices that they're going to need to give them another chance. Yeah, There are far too many of us black brothers, brilliant, mm-hmm. brilliant black brothers that are wasting away mm-hmm. in a jail cell. And the only people that is hurting is they sons and they daughters and they brothers and they yeah and they brothers and they nieces and nephews at home yeah man it's brothers down there david l moss all they need is a hundred dollars to get out of jail come on man yeah Yeah. trust me it's Mm -hmm. all they need a hundred dollars to get them out they can't even get out they just sitting down there yeah i'd be remiss if i don't actually shout out i want to get back to that too though like greg is my community leader Mm-hmm. Like the, the most consistent, like the Cal Ripken Jr. The shit, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like show up when he doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. But the word that comes to mind is tenacity. Mm-hmm. He embodies that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's so much education when you just listen to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm so saying? So much knowledge. There's yeah. a lot of education there. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I think we're fortunate to have him back. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, thank you for yeah. being consistent and yeah. like really keeping them on the hook. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's so important. Like that that gives me motivation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every day, and I'm like, I know Greg gonna show up and show the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way it's gonna go down, right? Oh, yeah. nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's legit. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, Greg, you keep yeah. carrying the torch, man. Keep doing what you're doing. All you brothers keep carrying the torch and doing what you're doing because. Over here at this little place right here that we're in right now, I understand, I really understand the need for media. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you guys mm-hmm. that the black media is so much needed to get these messages and these. So we need more black TV stations, more black radio stations, social media. We need more black <clears throat> newspaper, magazines, whatever. Black, 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 black. We with need black, 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 agenda, black. Huh? With the black agenda, though. With the, with, you with got, the black. No, you can have a BET without a black agenda. Exactly. Man. Okay. Well, now, that's, now, correct me on that. So it's not that we black, just need these things. Yeah, we need, we need with the black agenda. Sure, I, I need to see and hear right. more black people, you know, period. Right. You know, and 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 I was talking to the Eagle, Oklahoma Eagle. I was talking to Black Wall Street Times and some of the few local media companies that we have in our community. Shout out to Mr. Frank. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Frank Neo. We've had this conversation a million times. And we see the need to have these kind of platforms. That's why we're in here yeah. right now. Yeah. It's black media to to tell our stories our way. Because mainstream media, you guys are going to tell it their way. Man. I've had that experience. They're going to they're going to interview you for for 10 minutes, 10 15 minutes quote, and take, and take mm-hmm. 5 seconds. Mm-hmm. Boom and after you look at it you say wait a minute man I said where's where's the meat of the conversation? Didn't even capture the essence. Didn't capture it. I see it all the time. Yeah. So that's a support right there. I'm a piggyback on Rick uh shout out and I appreciate you brother. Uh, but Mr. Eden the thing that's on my heart is as we are coming up and millennials, I think we got this really bad, right? <laughs> we like, we want to see progress. We want to see results. Mm-hmm. We want things to happen. And sometimes we go forward in the, with, with a, with a very limited understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and I just, I, mm-hmm. I want to commend you for being patient, being humble enough and being open enough to, I'm sure you've watched all of us make many mistakes and watched the young folks make many mistakes. And instead of just condemning us, mm-hmm. um, always bringing us in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the things that we are going to have to do if we're going to take this community where we want to is we are going to have to listen, right? You know, right? right. Yeah. Apply the lessons from our elders, right. the stories that they got from their elders, who are now essentially our ancestors, mm-hmm. and then put our cool sexy new twist on it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right? Right? That's the formula. That's the formula. I'm about to work on my shit. I got you. I got you. So, you saying that, man, because that's what it's all about. Because we made some mistakes. We made some mistakes, but it's 2019. You guys can take it and roll, man. You know, and that's that's that thing, man. You know that thing, man. I got chill bumps when you were saying that because mm-hmm. it's like I get off seeing you get off. Yeah. Because I want to see my son do better. I want to see my daughter do better right. in life. Right. I want to be better. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it, and it, and you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. I I really I really um just as we're talking about this, it just makes me think about the the Joshua Jacobs. Getting drafted mm. and opening his jacket and yeah, having yeah, man, yeah. The, and it's, yeah, it's man. in the North also down at the yeah. bottom. But just the the, 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 the roses out of the yeah. concrete that was and, heavy. That was, and just that was how good. how many how many roses are out there? Like of mm-hmm. course, if you see mm-hmm. roses growing out of concrete, then you know there's seeds under there, right. Right? right? And so these things that we're talking about, like breaking up this concrete so that you we have these these roses are able to bloom and blossom uh, mm-hmm. where they are, but just just really diving into that it's it's just so many so many of those like josh is one like we could talk about greg we could talk about jamal we could talk about rico 
mm-hmm. um, th- that have have grown out of the concrete. Mm-hmm. And how do we how do we make sure that we we bust up this concrete in a way that again these these future generations and even those currently um, trying to figure out their way aren't pushing through concrete. Mm-hmm. They're able to just grow. They got to know that they can push through concrete. Yeah. I got a question for Jamal. If he, Jamal, yeah, Jamal you still, still there? Yes, sir. Uh huh. Yeah, I do. I do wonder as we've been, you know, there was a time where faith was just at the the center, the heart of mm-hmm. community, of building, of anything. It was mm-hmm. faith, and I do wonder from your perspective, um, obviously doing what you've done, having the experience you have as a community leader, and 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 obviously now as a faith leader, um, what your perspective is on that? Where you see um, faith at? for you personally and for the community in terms of getting us to that we all aspire to be? So that's a very good question, Greg. The problem that, that lies here in now is that we've had a changing of the guard. Um, the, the, the T. Oscar Chappelle seniors and the, um, the G. Calvin McCutcheons, they have transitioned. And we don't have um, that leadership that we had before the L.L. Tisdales who pastored the church, you know, that I, that I currently pastor, they, those men were not only pastors of their churches, but they pastored the community. Um, wow. They, they, B.S. Roberts, you know, uh, Amos, they, they fought for, for rights. And we have, we as our clergy and as, a, as our leadership have to get back to that place. And so there has been a resurgence in the faith community. Um, I look at Pastor Apostle Layla Caldwell. I look at um, uh, Dr. Gauls, Marvin Lavinard, Dr. Ray Owens, of course, my pastor and other pastors who have stepped up and have <clears throat> have have filled that void, um, and I we're, we're getting there. And one of the things that I talked to my church about when I um, was was interviewing to become pastor, I told them I want them to be a church for the community. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's just so so funny that we we're having this conversation. And then the mental health piece came up the other day. I have a few licensed therapists in my church, and I told them that I want to institute a ministry where individuals that are in the community, not just our church, but in the community that need mental health resources can That's come big. to Friendship Church and know that I can get a therapist um, for free of charge. I mean, I have the money. I mean, I have Sooner Care, but I want us to be a, a church that the community can come to uh, and serve the community. And so um, we have preachers who are doing that. Shout out to Pastor Sean Jarrett at the New Jerusalem Church. You know, they're doing those things now, but for, for the longest, you know, there was a changing of the guard and that, that other generation of pastors didn't really care that carry that on so faith plays a huge role you look at, at all the movements the civil rights movement it was it was preachers it was churches and um i think we now need to get back to that place but on the flip side of that we have individuals who have turned away from the faith and mm. i think in a sense that has discouraged some pastors um and some congregants but it, it cannot be it cannot be the case you have to continue to be the light uh in this dark world and so i'm excited for what we're able to do y'all see my little co-pastor behind me preaching i think it's imperative i think it's imperative that the faith community steps up and takes charge because i mean mr eden to tell you you know back in the day preachers ran north tulsa oh man they like, you know what the preachers back in the day like you said the, the chappelles and the reverend webbs and the bs roberts and ben hills and all of these preachers wow. man you could put your hands on them wow. you could actually yep. touch them because they were in the community at the restaurants at the wow. at the grocery stores and you can just touch them wow. you know now yep. someday yep. we sometimes now you gotta make an appointment to see somebody you know that point is we, we we have to be, make sure that churches in our community 
pastors in our community are serving the people in this community. It's one thing for you to have a church here, but if your church is, is drawing hundreds of people or thousands of people, but you're not doing anything to invest in this community, you know, what, what really are you doing? And so, Come on, I, you know, I challenge all of our pastors to that we're investing in the community. Yeah, you, you preached the sermon. Now. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it goes to when Greg, the point Greg made that got us all hype is about the cool, right, and the sexy putting on it. But like, what are you putting cool and sexy on, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, right, right, right. Um, right. So, right. so yeah. So I mean, I think yeah, we we can't just because people will be drawn to cool and sexy, but it got to be the right thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. That they're yeah. Well, look here. We're gonna go to the phone lines right quick and see who we got right here. Let me see what's going on with this. Area code 334-207. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show. Hi, Bobby. It's Dr. Tiffany Crutcher. How are you? Hey. Hey. Everybody, they hear that name. Everybody gets excited. How are you doing? I am good. I am excited to be listening to the show and seeing all of this black excellence on this show today with, with my guy, Greg Rico. Brandon, mm-hmm. Kojo, and Jamal. I mean, it's just amazing, and this is what it's all about, um, yeah. to to listen to different perspectives and, and hear people just share um, um, share their hearts as it relates to our community. But uh, I'm just excited, and I just want to call in to say hello and let you know all, let you all know that I'm listening to what's going yeah. on, and I support each and every one of you, and you know, I'm always calling in to, to crash the party to say, hey, so, uh, hey, guys. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm so glad, Tiffany, you called in. Are you in Tulsa? Are you where you at on the, on the globe? You know, I don't like to let people know where I am. You may think I'm in Tulsa, but I'm in Alabama or wherever. So just, just know I'm everywhere in spirit. So I'm watching, and I've got eyes watching at all times. <laughs> Yeah, I got you. Hey, got to get you on the show, you know, because uh, we tell our stories our way over here. We love you and continue on listening. And I'm so glad you called in. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Thank I wanna... you so much. You want to say something? Hey, I just want to tell story while she was on. And I've told it her many okay. times, but Go ahead. I think it speaks to just her power. Um, you know, the re- one of the main reasons that I came back here was um, when I was out there, I think I was in Florida at the time on a campaign. That was that was September of 2016 when yeah. um, that that video flashed, and mm-hmm. I realized that it was literally on the same street that I grew yeah. up on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the miracle to me happened when I came back and came into contact with Dr. Crutcher, who had taken this blood that had been spilled senselessly by her brother and had allowed all of us to bleed as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. You know, what she has done with the Terrence Crutcher Foundation and with her continuous push for criminal justice reform for policing and form in the city of Tulsa in the state of Oklahoma now, congratulations Congratulations. on being a member, is allowed all of us to bleed with her. Mm -hmm. She has taking something that personally I probably would have been very selfish with Mm -hmm. and has opened that up. And Mm -hmm. it is not only do I have ultimate faith that she is finally and her family, Terrence Jr. and Mm -hmm. Reverend Crutcher are finally going to get justice for uh, Terrence Sr. Uh, But I believe that because of Mm -hmm. what she is doing, that Mm -hmm. 
the city of Tulsa, mm. that the black people within Tulsa, um, that North Tulsa is going to get a uh, justice mm. and is going to have a better future. Mm. Um, and it is it is in no small part uh, to the sacrifices, the continuous fight that she has. This, If you all don't know, this is the hardest working mm woman yep. that there mm-hmm. is oh, yeah, flying is. back it and is. forth yeah. sacrificing oh, yeah. meetings on meetings on meetings and not in the face of success right mm-hmm. in the face of being spit on mm-hmm. continuously mm-hmm. having to look at headlines and see betty shelby mm-hmm. continuing to live her life in a good way being celebrated mm-hmm. that's true and still she's fighting with the humility uh mm-hmm. to make this life better for all of us and so i just Every time I get the opportunity to say, I just want to say thank you to you again, Dr. Yeah. Crutcher. Certainly, um, I'm humbled to be supportive in any way that you allow me to be supportive and yeah. uh, just thankful for you. Yeah, yeah thank you. Wow. Thank yeah, you so thank much, Greg. Wow. Thank you. Okay. All right, Tiffany, continue to listen if you got the time. And sound like I hear my son out there cutting the grass. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we're going to take a break right quick and uh, we're going to be right back. I got to pay the bills. You know what I mean? I got to run some commercials and stuff like that. You're on the Bobby Eaton show where we tell our stories our way every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And just stick around and we'll be right back. We use our platform to promote today's leaders while inspiring tomorrow's. And we too serve our local community while helping you serve the world. We need media services, a full-service media company providing promotion, videography, recording services, and more. Connect with us today to find out how we can help you entertain, inform, and inform at EatonMediaServices.com. Searching for ways to grow your business? Or perhaps you would like to invest in Tulsa's African-American community? The Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce is a great place to start. The Chamber was created to serve and increase the visibility of needs in our community. It is an umbrella organization for local businesses, the Tulsa Juneteenth Festival, BWS Black Women in Business, and the Grassroots Economic Development Fund known as BWS The Power Group. For more information about the Black Wall Street Chamber of Commerce or to donate to Power Group, visit bwschamber.com. Hi, I'm Denise Parker with Midtown Embroidery. We do it all from any type of promotional, from screen printing, embroidery, school uniforms, Greek lettering, workwear, monogramming. There's no job too big or too small and no location too far. Let us be your one-stop shop. We're located at 2808 East 15th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74104. Our phone number is 918-982-3254. Our email address is denise.tulsamidtown.gmail.com. Thank you. Dawn Tree here, CEO of Underground Tree Studios, your one-stop shop for graphics, web design, and art. You can find us online at www.utreep.com. That's the letter U T R E E P.com, as well as finding us on Facebook, Underground Tree Studios, Instagram as Underground Tree, and you can also find artist Dawn Tree online as Artista Dawn Tree, and you can also kick it old school and give us a call at 202-910-4409. Don't hesitate to call us. All it takes is a 10-minute consultation. We can have you hooked up. Peace. If you're
your credit starts with a three, four, five, or six, this is for you. Did you know that it's costing you to have bad credit? You can't get qualified for that house or apartment and you're paying high interest rates, along with paying high car insurance, and it may be costing you that job that you really want. What are you waiting on? Take more of a holistic approach. Pick up the phone and call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. With 13 amazing services, we restore and repair generations to come. Once again, call the Credit Shiro at 832-642-1554 or text CAMP to 76626. If you know better, you do better. Only the Credit Shiro can help you to save the day. Hey, it's Aubrey Shine, co-host for the Bobby Eaton Show every Monday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com forward slash WR. The Bobby Eaton Show airs every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time and every Saturday, 12 noon to 2 p.m. The Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. Dial 646-716-5525 and press 1 to go live on air. The Juice Radio Show with Jay Boogie, Pickles, Willie Will, Double M, Kenan Indy, and Ramal. The Hometown Heat. Oh, yeah, the Juice Radio Show every Thursday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Headed up by Ramal, the Hometown Heat. Young people making a difference and, uh, they're really making a difference. And we try to educate those young people uh, about broadcast journalism, our recording studio we have in the back, uh, videography. We got all these type of programs over here uh, for the young people. And boy, they are learning a whole lot of it, you know, right here. Juice Radio Show. Well, well hey, we're coming right back. And uh, we've got a... a, a a wise crew of young men off in here, uh, Greg Robinson, Rico Wright, Brandon Oden. Uh, we got Kojo and also Jamal Dyer's off in here, and we got things going on. And welcome back, fellas. You know, I had to pay the bills right quick, <laughs> take a little break, you know, where we can get the little water drink in and get some little other stuff, a little, little break from it. Right. And as um, um, we've been talking about a lot about community. What are, what are what are some of your future plans? What are something some of the things uh, that you plan on doing? Some of the projects you may have implemented in place, and some of the things that you got going on. Tell us about. I plan it. on supporting these brothers. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's with a, all the resources I got. That's good, Rico. That's good. That's great. That's my number one plan. Supporting them brothers. Support them. Well, that's what Joe I do. runs the office. I'm right there, mm-hmm. knocking yeah. on doors. Well, I'm gonna do a little. I already bit. told him how I feel way. about I that. I don't like working hard. I like working smart. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but I want to. I want to continue supporting Greg. Like Greg is doing some incredible right. work. Well, Greg, tell us about what you're doing, man. Yeah. What's, what are you? What are you doing? Look, blessed to still be with the Metcares Foundation. A uh, lot of respect for Pastor Owens and that vision that he has. And mm-hmm. I've been honored to be with Greenwood Leadership Academy since its inception. And so next year, we're excited to go from pre-K to second to pre-K through third grade students. A critical year, that third grade year. So mm-hmm. uh, we're expanding. I'm excited about the little things. Um, adding a technology elective. Nice. Um, moving to a, a STEM-influenced 
uh, curriculum and then also adding uh, social emotional learning uh, throughout the curriculum. And so we're just we're just learning every day trying to get better. And then on the community side, this is our second year of having our parent community action team fellowship where we bring in 20 to 25 teachers, parents, activists, and train them on organizing and movement building skills. And so they are actually hosting uh, the second Building Wakanda Summit. Uh, that's coming up on May the 21st, Tuesday, May the 21st, 530 to 830 p.m. And that's going to be out uh, at the 36th Street North Event Center. Um, you all will hear more about it. I'm kind of breaking it, I guess, here first. But the point of that is um, it's actually in line with a lot of what we've been talking about. We are setting an agenda uh, that night. We've had 18 months to go and talk to folks in their homes at house meetings. We've researched. We've we created Resilience U and brought in the police chief, the sheriff, the mayor, the deputy superintendent. And we got groups going out there researching how to make improvements uh, on the equality indicators. Uh, but the way we want to present this information to the community is in a way that is not so uh, intellectual, in a way that combines the arts, the performing arts, the visual arts. And so mm -hmm. we're inspired by Nipsey. Uh, as a quote I'm going to read for you, it says, mm -hmm. without a game plan and a strong sense of faith in what you're doing, it's going to be real hard to accomplish anything. And mm -hmm. so um, our, our theme this, this year is... Um, the marathon continues. And so I'm um, excited to launch uh, the second part of building Wakanda um, mm -hmm. and just try to take the community to a, a bigger place. Great, great, great. So how can someone reach you? Absolutely. So you can reach obviously MetCares uh, just at the Facebook MetCares Foundation or at Greenwood Leadership uh, Academy or come see us, 1789 West Seminole Street, mm -hmm. where there yeah. Miss Christie will greet you at yeah, the door. I know. Right. Okay. I, 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 I talked to, Christy. to Christy. Right, right, right. Okay, uh, Rico, you say you support these brothers. Tell everybody where you're located with the Black Wall Street Gallery. Yeah, 101 North Greenwood Avenue. Right on that corner right there. Yeah, Can't miss it all. That's Deep Greenwood right there. Yeah, yeah. Deep I'm Greenwood, yeah. right down there. Yo, I want to tip my hat to my team. Mm -hmm. None of this stuff that I've envisioned could be without them. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's all about. Like Mike, Kim, Casey at the gallery, Chelsea. We got mm -hmm. people y'all don't even know helping. You know what I'm saying? Rachel in Portland, Victoria on the ground. Like we got some good people. My guy Malachi, mm -hmm. he's cooking up some stuff. Yeah. There you go. Just Cook it straight, up. Straight sauce. Put the right season in it. <laughs> yeah. I like lemon pepper. <laughs> I like lemon pepper too. Lemon pepper. Me and my son tear it up. Yeah. Right, right. As That's far as what we're doing, we'll just put it out there. You'll yeah. see it. You okay. know what I'm there's some things I'm not in the position to talk about right now. I, I don't like talking about stuff. I like just doing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. But just yeah. know we work. Yeah, I know you're working. So, I see you on the corner right there, pass by. I time. wish I could give you the spiller. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, what about you, man? Man, a uh, little bit, little bit of of everything, but again, can't be can't be everything for for everyone. And so, just making sure that we don't stretch our, ourselves too thin mm -hmm. uh, in that regard. But really, just trying to continue to work to knock down every barrier there in terms of people connecting, getting people moving around, looking around Tulsa, and seeing that there's there's more here than that that's happening than there's ever been. And so specifically getting people to see, again, to, going back to Greg's point, but the value of what's mm -hmm. happening here, specifically in North Tulsa, but really how we develop our community in a way that is inclusive um, and continue to put, you mm -hmm. know, for us to be not, not responsive, but listening to what's happening and proactive about needs in the community. Great, great. So specifically, there's some 
some work that's happening in conjunction with uh, Rose Washington at TEDC in terms of bringing the Black Upstart, a program here that's, that's focused on Black entrepreneurship and teaching um, really wraparound services to people, even if you have a seed of an idea, but taking that idea all the way through to you're ready with the business plan Great. and potential, um, I'll just say some potential pop-up action happening as well. Good stuff, man. Jamal Dyer, hey, man, tell us a little bit of what's going on with you. Yes, sir, man. I'm going to continue to work with uh, Tulsa Public Schools as a student success coordinator, really targeting our African-American student population. Uh, at the beginning of May, I'll be going to Detroit to Coastbox, which is the Coalition of Schools Educating Boys of Color, to get some different tools and resources to bring back to the district that hopefully we can implement to make sure that our boys of color in the district and our African-American students um, have an opportunity to be successful. Um, and in conjunction with that, I will um, continue to be growing the church at Friendship Church. Um, you know, we're starting our, this will be our first month. Tomorrow, we'll, well, next, the first Sunday in May will be a month. So continuing to grow the church and allow the church to be a, a safe haven for the community. So that's my goal. Sounds good to me. You know you just right around the corner. That's right. You're, you're in you walking. Yeah, you can huh? throw a rock. You can throw a rock and hit us in the in the parking lot. Yeah, right. I know, man. Man, you're gonna have to meet up for lunch. You know how they go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it, man. And come come by and visit us at seventeen oh nine North Madison. Yeah, I will. I will. All right, Kojo. Tell us about what's going on with you, man. Yeah, man. I've just gotta say, I mean, I appreciate these brothers right here. Yeah. Um all Tulsans and I'm just inspired by y'all and for me to be an outsider, right, coming in and <laughs> y'all just, you know, wrapping your arms around me and embracing me. Um, and I've come to fall in love with Tulsa because of the love that y'all have for Tulsa, right? And all the work that's being done. And, you know, I appreciate Tiffany Crutcher calling in. And so the fact that I can even put out there that I'm considering, you know, running for mayor, right? Um, I, I can't even say that, right? Were it not for the work, right? What Greg talked about with Tiffany, the work that Medcares is doing, the work that's already going on on the ground floor, right? And I can only say that even because I see the potential and I see the need, right? Um, and I see people crying out for um, for change and for somebody to see the value, right, um, that we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, so um, I'm excited. I am, I, I put out there, I'm seriously considering, right, um, running for mayor, which it's kind of crazy, right? <laughs> but but like, as I put it out there, it's just been amazing how many people reached out, right? Mm. And said, yo, do it. Or I can do see it. that happening. Or, yeah. Right. Um, and like just two months ago, if you would have asked me, you know, could you see yourself running for mayor? I'd be like, heck no. Nah. And I don't even <laughs> think that's possible. I don't think that's, you know, that pressure, incredible. Huh? Yeah. Um, so it's really no, no pressure. It's just like, but mm-hmm. Because of the faith that other people have, yeah, I'm starting to get you know, have yeah, that. Well, maybe yeah, right. right. he got to keep this. Yeah. Yeah. about to make politics cool. He got the J's on right, right. now. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's what we need. Shout out yeah, to those Jordan threes. Right, right, right. Well, hey, I want to thank you guys, man, for taking time. Thank you. Up in here, they can't hear that, but. Uh, uh, to come up in here, man, expressing yourself. These shows are recorded, so you can go back in the archives and listen to it and things like that. Thank you, brothers, for coming up in Thank here, you, okay? Man. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. This was great. All right. Well, hey, you've been on the Bobby Eaton Show. 
All right. Well, thank you, there, Jamal. You've been on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, six. And also, we're taking donations over here at the Bobby Eaton Show. Got the donation bucket up here. So if you want to donate to help these young people, let us know. Until the next time, I want you to take care of you. Log Talk Radio. It's time for the Bobby Eaton Show. Yeah. new information you'll want to know. Speaking on issues affecting us all and music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. It's time for the Bobby Eaton Show. Yeah. new information you'll want to know. Speaking on issues affecting us all and... Music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello, everyone. Hey, welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. And this is where we tell our stories our way. I'm always saying that. And that's what we do. We blackity black, 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 black. And we talk about the topics and issues that you need to talk about. But today is Funky Friday, and we're going to have some fun up in here playing some of your favorite jams, old and new. And Jay Marie is in the house. What's going on with you, lady? In the house, in the house. It's been a minute, huh? It's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, too. All right, man. What you been doing all this time? Because, you know, we've been doing some rebroadcasts over here on Fridays, and I've been doing some business, and we've been running. You've been sick one one time or something. Yeah. So what's going on? You know, my Friday routine is always the same. I watch my TV shows from the week. <laughs> what you watch? What shows you be watching? Um, I started last night, and I watched This Is Us. Is that good? I don't even I know what it love. What is, is that about? Um, it's about a family. There's a so it's about three siblings. Siblings. Uh-huh. Okay. They are all share the same birthday. Okay. And say two are twins, and then the other was adopted. Okay. And so um, the adopted fella is married to, they're black, and the, his siblings, he was adopted by a white family. Okay. And so this week's episode was actually um, revealing how Randall met his wife, Beth, um, on a campus. And so that was a really sweet love story. Mm-hmm. They're going through a rough time. I'm totally giving away the episode. If you like This Is Us, I am so sorry. Mm. But it's great. I love that show. You do, huh? Yeah, season one will make you cry. Oh, really? Like every 
single it's an emotional type episode it's type. really good writing writing yeah it's really good stuff and then last night i also watched the village the village is a new show mm-hmm. okay that's a new show and new then show. um so tonight you, i hope to check into Grey's anatomy i hope to watch you watch a lot of a lot of uh what netflix and stuff like that is mm-hmm. that what it is a regular TV, this is uh, regular TV. Just regular TV. The new show. I do Netflix when I'm bored, and I've already watched my regular TV shows. Really? Mm-hmm. When you're bored. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.